0: welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast, following a 3-0 win at Leicester that keeps alive the slim prospect of a place in next season's Champions League. It was a win truly made in Liverpool as local lads Curtis Jones and the magnificent Trent Alexander-Arnold delivered three beautifully taken goals, all ably assisted by Mo Salah. The resistance put up by the doomed Foxes was minimal, but this was a near flawless performance from the Reds, unless you count the fact it nudged Everton a little bit closer to safety. I'm Chris Smith, and to discuss this one, I've got Julian Richards and TLW Editor Dave Usher, who's still absolutely seething with Brighton a week on. Dave, while you stew over there, Uh, I'm gonna come to Jules. So, Jules, I'm just about emotionally recovering from those scenes in the away end with Bobby there, but um, what did you make of all that after some horrendous away days this season? It seems things are kind of coming together, but perhaps a little bit too late.
1: Yeah, it seems like we've put our form together about two games too late. If there were another two games left in the season, I reckon we might be able to, to snatch a, a top four spot, but I just I just think that we need too many drop points from the other two teams. So, they, you know, one of them might drop one. I could see United dropping three or, like, you know, or one point of Newcastle dropping, but I don't think combined or we'll have enough from one of them to, to catch them. But we seem to be more coherent now. Uh, we seem to have a plan again. We seem to be more watertight at the back. Um, we're still not off off free flow and best that we were last season. But I, I, I figured from the Bournemouth game on, the rest of this season was just about trying to put something together and momentum. I know Dave when Everton before they sort of um, bushwhacked Brighton w- was was like ambivalent about what this game would mean but I for me it's just about winning every game now till the end of the season putting momentum confidence back in the players a rebuild in the summer a full summer off and then hopefully a much better season next next year and there's some positive signs in there uh, it, you know it looks I, I've you know voiced my um, I can't think of the word but I'm not sure about whether Curtis Jones would be a, a viable long-term member of the squad. But, you know, since he's been in the team and he's played every game, he's really, really put it together, Um, culminating those two goals tonight, good finishes on both of them, different types of finishes as well. Uh It's really good to see. Um, we, we've made jokes about, like, it'll be an echo headline about how he can save the club millions of pounds or whatever. Uh, I still think we need all the midfielders, but I, I also think Curtis now has a real chance of, of cementing a spot in that in the new look midfield going forward. Um Trent again tonight. Just playing playing like um a kid on a on a school playground or, you know, on a Saturday kickabout. Just just playing with the world was on his shoulders earlier in the season when we weren't doing well. But now he's sort of playing with like absolute freedom about what to go where to go in that middle, Rome, uh, the balls he's playing, um the goal he scored tonight was outstanding. Um, I'll leave Dave talk to you about that one though, because he, he can you can smell himself on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I I was gonna den- I was gonna deny that you did it uh, that you called it Dave, but that's <laughs> good. No, he never said that. But <laughs> no, you, you <laughs> I thought I'd proper, proper drop you in it. But yeah, uh, it's just it's enjoyable watching us again. It's still I'd say it's still not there, but at least you look at it now and you go, no, right, I can see, we're we're out we're definitely out of the darkness. And we're on, we're on our way back to, to where we should be. It's it's just now about uh, putting it all together at the end of the season. Um, I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm not the most optimistic of people when we start games, but I was really? pretty confident. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I know. I know it shocked you there, I know. <laughs> um, but I, I was pretty confident we'd beat Leicester. They, they, I think they're done as a Premier League team and uh, not before time if their fans want to carry on being like they behave when they play us I couldn't give a shit about them. Um so yeah or you know as Klopp would say all good.
0: Yeah. Dave, I know you've almost surrendered the dream of Everton going down for this year. I've felt really sad for you all week. <laughs> just just really, really upset for you. But after watching that meek leicester side, it's clear here that our Obi Wan Kenobi, the only hope in this situation is actually Jabba the Hutt It's big Sam himself. Yeah. What do you think?
2: Yeah. And whatever hideous alien you want to call Steve Cooper. Um, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we're relying <laughs> on those two, aren't we? Uh, That's uncalled for. <laughs> I know, I feel bad because I like Steve Cooper, but you know. He's
1: Bib Fortuna. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> crossed with Jar Jar Binks. He's kind of like some kind of hybrid. <laughs> but yeah, I mean. I had absolutely no qualms whatsoever about wanting us to twat them tonight. There's no conflict. I know I said earlier in the season about that Southampton game. If if that would have been like the key to with Everton going down or us getting in the top four, I would have happily just waved goodbye to top four for that Southampton game. I didn't feel like that at all over tonight's game. I just wanted us to batter them. Leicester, to me, they blew it when they played Everton the other week. I watched that game and I know Leicester missed the penalty. So you could say... Everton got away with it, Everton didn't get away with it that night, Everton should have won, they outplayed Leicester, and Leicester just looked fucking awful, I'm like, if if a game like that, if you've got to win that game, that was a massive game for them against Everton, and they played like that, just wide open at the back, terrible on set pieces, you know, just all over the place positionally when they haven't got the ball, and then they followed it up by getting snotted everywhere by Fulham, I knew we'd win tonight. There was never any doubt that we were going to win that game tonight, no matter which Liverpool turned up tonight. The Liverpool that lost at Forest and who got beat at own by Leeds and who lost at Bournemouth, that Liverpool would still beat Leicester because Leicester is so bad at the back. Um, and we never got out of second gear tonight. I thought like, I thought we, we did exactly what we needed to do. Good performance without ever really having to break sweat. Um, 3-0, really, if we would needed to score more goals, we would have scored more goals there. Because it was just wide open for us. Leicester, they're just, they're just fucking shit. I mean, they have got yeah. good players, but the good players are all in attacking areas. Well, yeah, they have got, they've got. Put it this way: when when they go down, there'll be loads of Premier League clubs looking at a lot of their players. You know, I'm not saying the top players who are going to go to like Champions League clubs, although maybe Madison might have a shot at that. But like some Madison, Telemans, Harvey Barnes, Premier League clubs are going to be taking them. You know, so, they are, it's not like they've got a team full of championship players. They have got good players, but defensively, they're, they're just terrible. And I think a lot of that is not specifically about their players. I think a lot of it's just down to, you know, Brendan never got them set up for set pieces. They were conceding goals from corners all the time. And why they made that managerial change, God only knows. I mean, bringing like Dean Smith in to inspire you to, to stay up—that's just never gonna work, is it? I mean, they've actually no. got worse since he's come in. So yeah, we were we were always winning that game, never a doubt about it. And I didn't, there was no no um, conflict in my mind at all. I wanted us to just go there and batter them because in my mind they're already down. Southampton's mm-hmm. gone. In my mind, when they didn't beat Everton, you knew okay, Leicester are in big trouble now. Uh, so yeah, Leicester are down. The only hope we've got is Forest and Leeds, and it's a very, very forlorn hope, to be honest. That, that's the way I see it. But um, I do think we've got a mm, better than 50-50 chance of, of getting in the top four. I just think yeah. win our games, and I think that'll be enough, because one or both... With the teams that Brighton us, game on slipping. Thursday, right? That, that's the key. Well, don't start Bright- me on Brighton. Your boys. Your
0: boys. <laughs> <laughs> Which one... Dave which
2: one do you think it, who's our mark here do you think it's Newcastle or Man United uh, both honestly I, think both, I, I, yeah. I don't trust either of them to, to get the points. Yeah. I look at them I think Newcastle are a, a better side than United but they've not been here before and they're having a little bit of a wobble I, I think that's maybe a bit harsh because they got beat by Arsenal but you know Arsenal's a better team than them then they've drawn at Leeds but Leeds are fighting for the lives so it's a, it's a tricky game um, but they've not been here before, and it can do strange things to you. I keep thinking back to it. Do you remember, like when we had the Champions League spot completely sewn up, and then we didn't score in any of the last five games, and we fucking blew it. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think it was was Hulia's first season, and he brought was that he- when we lost two. He, p- he brought Haski in our through there. the season, dropped Titi Kamara He was on fire.
0: Is it Bradford, it's Bradford, wasn't it? Yeah, the last Bradford, Bradford the last Bradford. game, yeah. And they stayed
2: up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we just, yeah, we just blew it. And you think, Newcastle haven't been there before. It's it's a big thing for them to be getting in the Champions League. You don't know how they're going to react, um, because the games they've got, they're not like, they're not straightforward oh, they'll definitely win type of games. You know, there's potential for them to. to to lose all of those games,
0: yeah, all of them look a little bit fishy, don't they? Yeah, like the bright Brighton and then, you,
2: who knows? We might get lo- one last. It's less than next Monday
1: Leicester. for them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's a way though. That's the problem. Yeah, <laughs> you can't rely You're on just,
2: Chelsea. You don't know what's going to happen with it with any of those games. I mean, the fact that we're relying on Lampard is a bit of a worry because yeah. the, the, they're playing United as well. And
1: I mean, they let Forest
2: take a point away from all. Yeah, I know, but. I just look at that and think it. You know, it's a, like them going to Old Trafford. It's it's a high profile game. Chelsea have got a loads of like experienced big game players. They might have been shit for months. They might have like a a, a total clown in charge, but they the good players who can perform on a big stage and they might just turn it on. You know, it might just click for them. It, it, it moments of quality from individual players. There's potential there for Chelsea to do something in both of those games. So I do think there's a a better than 50-50 chance that, that we'll end up in the top four. But we've just got to win our games and then see what happens. But yeah, I'm quite confident. United right a away at
1: Bournemouth and I've got... Fulham at home, I don't know. Yeah, but Fulham, Fulham are like a weird
2: team. Fulham can beat uh, anybody on the day and maybe they'll want to be back in semi. Yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah. They've got a massive beef. Mitrovic will be back and you know, the with a score to settle. I, I just I wouldn't like Fulham off in that game at all. The only thing is United's home record is pretty good. Mm. Um but away from home. So the away games Bournemouth, is it?
1: Yes, next Bournemouth away
2: and Fulham at home. Yeah, I see. Bournemouth, it'll be be their last home game, so they're going to want to sign off with like a good performance. It's not an easy place to go, as we know. Right. Yeah. I
0: mean, you could talk yourself
1: into all of it, couldn't yeah. you? Chris? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. Should we talk a little bit about tonight's game then? Um, it was a little bit of a you know an even start. We were getting nothing from the referee early on. There was a little exchange where uh, Madison fouled Diaz. Didn't get it, and then there was Madison pulled off a slightly more convincing fall and got the free kick within of, yeah. you know with the same two players. And then there was that one where Johnny Evans like scythed gap po through down when he was running through on towards goal and about to get a shot away and got nothing from that. And it just like looked like it might be one of those nights with the referees and stuff. Mm. Um but uh, equally we didn't look too threatened. There was only kind of one chance really um when the right side was wide open, it ended up as a chance for Vardy and he was smothered by Allison really well. Um, but then from then on like, it got to like almost the half an hour stage and, and we go ahead deservedly so in the end uh, and it's a nice little goal as well like a long ball from Allison and then Vout FaZe who continued his clown show against us this year and um, uh, nodded it up in the air and ended up with Hendo laid it off to Mo and then a really nice cross to the back post and another back post finish for Curtis just like the one he got against Forrest the other week Jules so uh, good to see him getting on the score sheet as well as making a good impact uh, all around the field
1: yeah it is a, a goal scoring midfielder as well it's not something we've been um, blessed with recently um, just just really pleased for him like Paul's been banging the Curtis Jones drum for many years Um so he'll be more pleased than anybody, but it's it's just nice to have the energy and drive and he's, he's getting into these positions um, uh, in most games now. Uh, and the, conf- you can see the, com- I sound like a cliche pundit, you, you can see the confidence is there, but you can see the confidence yeah, he is play. That, that second goal is the mark of a player playing with confidence. And I, I, that, that looked on side to me at, 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 um, straight away. Because you could see the heel of the The defender's boot. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did the replay on the VAR. And they pulled it back further. And I was like, oh, no, he might be offside. And then I was thinking, hang on. Didn't Salah play him through? This isn't Salah. Why are you showing this one? And I think the VAR must have realized, like, hang on, why am I showing this one? It's, It's Salah who plays the final ball. It doesn't matter where he is until Salah has it. And then it was clearly it was again it was well timed. It's one of those, but it because his body is most of his body is, is further forward, but the defender's heel, is is the thing that plays him on. But again, the mark of confidence there was just a great finish, great touch, great finish. Um, I'd be interested to see whether I don't know who's coming in in the summer, and I don't know you know. Curtis's problems have been injuries, and he's been getting them like in training camps at the start of seasons, and he's missed the start of seasons, and he's playing catch-up. Yeah. If he can stay fit, yeah, which is a which is a big if, unfortunately, but let's say he stays fit, it will be an interesting question about whether he will be in the starting lineup when we play when we kick off next August, because right now, in these games, this run of games, we've won seven in a row now. It's like it's the second or is it the second or third best winning streak of the, any team this season um we just like you know everyone goes on about man city of 111 on the on the road and you go yeah fucking hell that's cheats and then you go we've won seven in a row you go yeah spot on that's <laughs> that's exactly how it's done <laughs> um but he's contributed so much and he, he's grown so much in the role um right now if you're writing the team out for next year if it's lining up in this style I, I think he gets in ahead of whoever we're signing. He's, he's made yeah. that much of an impression.
2: Yeah, well, especially because whoever comes in, in an ideal world, you, you want to bed them in slowly. That's what Klopp's generally tended to do. So if you don't need to rush them and put them straight in the team, if you've got Curtis fit and available, which, as you said, it's a big if, because bad things tend to happen to him in pre-season for some reason. Um, yeah. But you know, if he's fit and the way he's ended the season... There's no need to change that. You know, you you go with you go with that, and then the new players have got to earn the spot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, hopefully we'll we'll have him on some kind of. We'll be aware of the fact that pre seasons haven't tended to go well for him, and we'll have him on some kind of regime throughout the summer that's gonna that's gonna keep him, you know, nice and fit heading into the new season. But I'm not sure I'd be overly chuffed if he's our first choice de facto, going into next season. I do think we need a little bit more, perhaps a little bit more quality in, in that position um, okay, as, our, well, as our number one go-to option, you know?
2: Look at it this way then. I, I know what you're saying and I, I don't I don't disagree, but of the, the, the spots available in midfield, I think he's done more to nail down his spot than, say, Hendo, for example, on like mm-hmm. that, that right-hand side. I think the first position that you're looking at is not necessarily... Curtis, it's more so the the right hand side. Yeah, perhaps. I also think yeah, Fabinho definitely. had a really, really, really good game tonight, just on the quiet, nothing flashy, but just everything he did was just really good. Um, mm. he's a bit of a conundrum because I, I think like he's he's played pretty well now for a few months, like since the the first leg like, of the Real Madrid game. And I, I, yeah, I probably had written him off. I, I, maybe not a hundred percent written him off, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's the first thing we've got to do is look at Fabinho. You know, uh, get a mobile number six and that. And I still think we should, we need to do that. But he has played well for, <laughs> for like a few months now, and I thought he had a really good game tonight. So it will be interesting to see what happens there. Did you see Klopp said after the game when he, he was asked about Bobby and he was saying there'll be several players saying goodbye mm. now obviously he might be included Knox and Keita which
0: he probably is
2: none of us really are particularly asked about, about saying goodbye to them but it did just make me think was oh, there maybe like a couple who were not necessarily expecting but yeah I don't know unfortunately we're not going to know are we so we, we're not going to know if we're saying goodbye to those players or not which means no. like if Fabinho does leave we don't know that he's leaving and he's not going to get a send off you know like and he would deserve one because he's been a great player for us but it's not something that they announce you know we've seen that before with other players but we know that Bobby's going Milner probably they'll probably announce that won't they because Klopp's not, I hope so he's not officially said but he more or less confirmed it without confirming it that mm-hmm. Milner was going to Brighton but I think they need to confirm that before the game just to give him like the, the proper send off
0: sure definitely Um I mean just to pivot back to who is going to be there for us next season. like we, we started with the front three that I've been wanting to see start a game for a while now with Diaz on the left, Cody through the middle and Mel on the right. I was really excited to see that um, before the game. I thought it worked pretty well. I thought like it was sort of back to the Sadio days where he was leading the press on the left-hand side. I thought Diaz did that really well tonight. Um, Moe with three assists and Gakpo should have probably got himself on the score sheet at some point during the game tonight. because He's picking the ball up in those deep positions and driving towards goal. Had a couple of moments where he could have taken it a little bit further and, and got a shot away and a couple of moments where he just took one too many touches. But there was, you know, just after we got the second, there was a real great opportunity for us to make it 3-0, almost straight from the kickoff for the second, really. And mm. um, Moe feeds it into him and it's kind of a poor finish, really. I said to you guys in the chat that it was, it's kind of a shame that Mo didn't lay it off to to Curtis, who was well, he, he did. He was running through equally. Curtis this was course. was
2: just waiting to take that, and and Gakpo yeah. took it right off his toe. I think Mo probably was playing it to Curtis because mm-hmm. when you watch it back, because when you said that, I was thinking yeah, and then I in the replay, I'm like actually Curtis is ready to just take that in stride, and Gakpo just comes in front of him takes it. But um, I, the the front three thing. I agree about Diaz like with the press and all that but I thought like the first half Diaz was appalling it's like everything he tried to do just didn't come off he just looked like you know rusty just never got into it um, mm. but I'd still be starting him every game because I just think he makes such a difference to us just like his energy and just like the the directness but Gakpo yeah I agree with everything you said there but I felt like he just was holding on to it a little bit too long just taking one extra touch and then getting tackled or fouled or whatever Um, but where was my boy tonight? That's that's not a good look. He misses a game with a a minor toe injury. Now, I've got two thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. The first (laughs) is that, is this the sports science people just dictating again and saying, no, he's got a bit of a knock, don't play him? If it is, then fine. If it's him saying, I don't think I can play, I've got a sore toe, all all I can say to that is, well, could you imagine Luis Suarez missing a game with a sore toe? It just would just not happen. it off and carry on. Yeah, if you took his toe off, he'd still play. You know, so mm. it's it's like I don't really like that. You know, he's it's a, especially if he plays at the weekend. If he's okay for the weekend, you think, well, could you not have just put him on the bench tonight? You know, what's going on? Who made that decision? Was it Darwin? Or was it the sports science people? Because if it's Darwin, that's a bit nabby caterish.
1: Is that a is that a sports science thing at all? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's like a little low rent for sports science. <laughs> like, yeah, but it either hurts or it doesn't know, hurt.
2: They have got such an influence, haven't they? So yeah, I, I don't know. Well, like, How would you,
0: they know? It's not necessarily it, something that shows up in the in the red zone, yeah. and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Is
1: it? <laughs> but but also it's it's like. It either hurts or it doesn't hurt. You can't like it's like you know you, when you break your toe, you, they don't they can't reset the thing or anything like that. It just has to wait to be healed. But they said mine So if they just said broken yeah. toe, then fine. Hey, now look, maybe he was coming out the shower in the in the changes, right? And he didn't have his flip flops on, or as the youngsters like to call them, sliders. Sliders. Don't know where they picked that up from. They can fuck off along with the socks and the sliders. Mm. We mocked people like that in my day. Yeah. Mocked people mercilessly. Fucking knobs. <laughs> the kind of thing but the dads maybe, would wear. Uh, it's, it's not acceptable in polite society, <laughs> no. and yet they they all are under 25 doing it. Um, but you might have come out the changes. Not had his sliders on. Little skid on a on a on a tile. Banged his toes. Like, oh, that's it! <laughs> because he's too quiet, and he went down, <laughs> <laughs> rolling around, holding his toe in the middle of the changes, and they're like, "I right, like you've, you've hit you." Might have stubbed his toe. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't really know what a minor toe and in- I mean I'm not a sports scientist. This is a surprise, but I don't really know what what a toe injury could be other than you've either broken it or you've stubbed it. Mm. Like Lost I don't. the nail, don't know maybe. What- Oh, that's not minor yeah. that's pretty major if
2: you lose it have you, ever, you have you ever had that where like your big toenails come off Ugh. no I'm still traumatised no. when I happen to me <laughs> still queasy no. just thinking about it no I no, think no, no, just, that... I think he's either stubbed his toe or maybe he's been like stepped on in training or something and it's bruised but disappointing that he's he's not involved
1: would you miss with a bruised toe I mean I I'm pretty low rent with pain but I don't think I've, I've like I've I've done I've gone running with with worse injuries than that. Probably shouldn't have like, but I know I'm not a premier athlete. And you're right about the you know the the doc says you shouldn't do it. But I don't know. It's a it's all a bit. It all feels like he's sort of fading out of the picture. Like just stop start, isn't he? He You yeah. could, could have
2: done without that tonight. Even if he wasn't starting the game, the way that game went, very much like the Leeds game. If you're bringing him on for the last twenty, you know he could have
1: had a field day, couldn't he? It it feels very much like he's fifth, and now he's becoming a distant fifth. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, and that's I, a problem.
0: There's no real. I mean, every, all the other strikers are in some sort of certain degree of form. Diaz still coming back, obviously, but is definitely higher on the totem pole. Like, what's the point in playing him in the last two games? Like, even if he is fit, like, I don't see any fucking advantage to be had in in putting him on. The other lads are doing the business just fine. If Bobby's available, you'd want him to come on for at least one of them. I'm not sure if he is. Do we know yet whether he's going to be
2: Club available for the last game? He
1: should be. All right. They'll They'll be on quite him for a hopeful. couple of minutes. Yeah. yeah. Surely a couple of minutes at the end, if nothing else. Yeah. I'd say so. Maybe he's got a bad toe, but he'll run through it because he wants to come on.
0: Where are you at on the Darwin O-meter now, lads? Like in terms of your hopes for him being a success, like Dave, you, you've championed him all season. Are you still confident that it's going to be? all guns blazing in the second season and he's going to be a successful signing for us or are you starting to lose a little bit of faith
2: i'm not losing faith in him i i I do worry that maybe we might want to go in a different direction klopp may just think get you know what what we signed him for is not necessarily what we're going to do now so you've got to make a decision and i I don't know if Klopp still in his head sees him as like a project and he can work on him then I think that you know the sky's the limit. I'm I'm not worried at all. As long as Klopp still wants him, and still thinks he can do a job, then I've got no no worries at all about it. Klopp's record with strikers is so good. You know he's developed strikers in the past. Um, yeah. There's no reason to think he can't do it again. As long as he, he sees him as part of his plans. I uh,
1: I genuinely I genuinely don't know. I I think it's really up in the air with him now, and. I, I, it's unfair to the, the toe injury tonight. It's, it's unfair, but it does feel like. Does he have the necessary grit to sort of battle for the place with the other four players? Um, he doesn't. He seems like any sort of aggression he has is often misplaced. Like it's not. It's never channeled correctly on the pitch. Um, and. It, I. I I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if someone said, if, if someone came in and said, do you want 50 million for him? moment?" we went, yeah, go on then, in the summer. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, I don't think it'll happen. But if it happened, I, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can't believe that's happened. i would be like, yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. I, I, the clock, I, I tell you what makes me wonder is Klopp's words about him. It's v- very un-Klopp-like the things he said about him in the press conference about not learning the Eng- English and all that kind of stuff. Um... He's about he's about two sentences away from saying he needs to understand what pain is. Like when he said about Sturridge when Sturridge wasn't playing, it's, mm-hmm. it's about him. It just I don't know. I feel like I feel like Darwin's got a real fight on his hands now to sort of ever be a starter. I think Gakpo has cemented the position at the middle. Um, and not through because he's not like scored a shitload of goals, Gakpo, but he's clearly developed an understanding and intuition with. Sala and whoever plays on the other side, whether it be Jota or or Diaz, um, and Nunez just always looks like he's. Well, he looks like a player who doesn't understand the language. He, he looks like he's turned up to the party and he doesn't know anyone. He doesn't know who to speak to yeah. when he plays. He looks like
0: and also, like just not just the language thing, just the way he plays, he looks like he's out there by himself. Yeah, a lot of the time, it's it's It, it doesn't look like he's part of a team. Like Darwin's doing whatever Darwin does and yeah. the rest of the the rest of the team are working in a, in a certain manner trying to sort of develop some sort of um intuition with each other and it just looks like like Darwin you pick up the ball on the left run go 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 and then nobody else is really involved with anything he's doing like and it's, especially if you compare that to like the relationship that Sadio had with his teammates it's like a million miles away from anything we've seen on that front but Jules to use like an analogy that you would probably tend to use i think it's i think Jurgen probably feels a little bit shortchanged by what he's got with with Nunez. I think he was probably expecting a little bit more. Like he's bought like a video game that's been hyped up for months and months and months, and he's bought the game, and the game's like a bit shit, and he doesn't really want to play with it very much. But he feels the need to because he spent a lot. He spent sixty quid on it, and in this case, is this about you not being
1: able to play Zelda?
0: (laughs) Well. That's that's, that's completely unrelated. I am shit. I'm shit at video games though, so you know I'm not like Darwin Nunes shit when it comes to video games. But
2: oh, I did, this is this is getting extreme now. <laughs> it's Gone from having some concerns to now he's just shit and you can't play him. <laughs> I, I've got to I've got to interject here. I can't be having yeah. that. I've got to take exception to that. just calling him shit.
1: All right. I, I mean, yeah Chris how dare you I'd that never call him shit what are you doing <laughs> you'd never
0: call him shit on this podcast no he doesn't <laughs> outside
1: the fucking chippy. Yeah. <laughs> ah uh, yeah that's the first time I've ever like properly got Dave he was fuming absolutely not fuming not
0: <laughs> it's Jules up there with the Arsenal fan chipping up in your eyes it's
1: tough to split them yeah. Fuck it up. two, Brutus. Fuck it up.
0: To quote you, Dave, from your roundup this week when talking about Brighton and Ian is Jules on a list that you just don't get off now?
2: No, he's not on that list. No, okay. but only, the, only, the <laughs> only names on that list are Brighton and Ian Okay,
0: fair enough. Didn't get a sighting of him tonight either. He was, uh, he was injured. But, um, yeah, anyway. he missed
2: the last game as well, didn't he?
0: Right so I mean I tune on up half time game's done really I don't think anybody's really expecting much more out of Leicester the, you know we saw them walk back onto the pitch and their heads were all down it didn't look like they well, were they a got team booed that had off. Been,
2: what did you make about yeah, them right. getting booed off at half time
0: Well deservedly so because do you think? if you
2: yeah absolutely I think, think they've be, deserved to be booed off a lot of times this season but they are just up against the team that's much better than them tonight I
0: think It's a comment that I just think it? they do just shit right. Mm. plus I, I mean, I... you
1: still you, you still need to come out for the second half they they, they chanted you're not know, fit to wear the shirt at the end as well I mean I get they're upset Leicester fans but you know if you're not you, you, you may as well save that shit for the end right at the end of the season when it's confirmed yeah. not and the irony is when they relegate when it's confirmed they'll probably applaud them off mm. good effort good effort there's never I think any they point know, in They writing's
0: the on the wall. Um, they've watched it all season, haven't they? Like they got, they won eight games all season. Like my uh, a lad, I work with, um, he's one of my editors, is a massive Leicester fan, and he's been saying weeks before it became apparent to everybody that they're they're done. Like they even before they fired Brendan, he rec- he thought they were done. So I think those fans have probably just fucking seen enough, and this was the cumulative effect. If they haven't, you know, they haven't got to at their players it's that travesty at fulham last week so
2: um i'm, I'm just laughing Wait, <laughs> your editors a leicester fan i hope he hasn't heard your fucking rant for leicester last year or you yeah, won't yeah, be yeah. getting any work commissioned for a while
0: <laughs> well no i've actually had like a little bit of a pay rise since then but i so he <laughs> definitely, definitely hasn't yeah, heard it hasn't heard. <laughs> right yeah um yeah but um that's, we won't be bringing that up that's for sure. Um, but <laughs> I think that if if they if they go down as they will, it'll be like the feeblest relegation, perhaps in the Premier League era of of a team that's like half decent. They should. They finished eighth last year. They won the FA Cup the year before. They won the Premier League seven years ago. They've got plenty of good quality players in there. I think it'll be the meekest relegation I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think. That's probably fair. There's, like, if you compare them with, say, Bournemouth. So I've been saying like for months, Bournemouth are like championship quality and Champions League attitude. You know, Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Look at their players. They've not got players as good as Leicester's players. You know, like man for man. But the difference in them is massive. You know, Bournemouth like the team spirit's There, they fight and scrap for everything. Play good football as well. To be fair. And then you compare them with Leicester, who've just been, like, a soft touch. But the weird thing with Leicester is, look at the run that they had just before the World Cup. They won something like five out of six or six out of seven or something. They had this run that Mm -hmm. got them from, like, right at the bottom up to mid-table. And then the World Cup happens. They come back after that and just basically just lost nearly every game and ended up, like, right back in the shit again. Just a very, very strange team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, is there anything else that you guys have got to, to talk about from the second half? Because it was kind of a little bit of a, a non-event the really, goal? apart from yeah, there's only the, the goal, yeah, isn't the, it? The, free, we'll yeah go. the free kick, free um, kick. I know Leicester were unhappy about um, oh on the, the, order, the free kick.
2: Oh, oh yeah, the, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. A, I mean, like we're four goals behind Newcastle in terms of the goal difference situation, and they're a point above us with a game in hand. So that you know, I would have. Liked us to have seen us pile in a little bit there more there because it could have been at least half a dozen. It's a good point. We could have walked in after that, but so yeah, that miss could be costly really. But we, we could easily know, have done what we did that. to
2: Leeds, yeah, but, but we didn't. It never looked never looked like we were really that bothered about scoring more goals, but it felt like it was there for us if we, if we had to really pushed for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the the miss by Mo, it wasn't even close when they showed like the the replay from behind. And it wasn't even close. It was like, put it like two yards wide. It's mad.
0: Yeah. It was like me trying to play like a sand wedge in golf and just completely <laughs> like slicing it almost at a 90 degree angle to the, the place you're trying to hit it.
2: Yeah, it was. But, it was bad.
0: But from the ridiculous to the sublime, um, Trent's performance was just outrageously good tonight, Jules. I thought. I thought him and Curtis were our best players on the night, which was nice. Um, but yeah, just. What can you say about a strike like that? Just absolute perfection from him.
1: Well, I'm gonna hand, I'm gonna hand that over to Dave because to be fair to Dave, I mean we are shit at free kicks. Like they very rarely threaten the goalkeeper. Mm. And as they were lining it up and chatting about it, well, oh, you can tell him, Dave.
2: So I just posted in the chat. This is in, and there was like three or four replies from people who will remain nameless. No, over the bar, over the bar. This is going over. Everyone was like saying it was going over the bar, um, and it didn't. It was in, so I was right. And it's not like I'm just throwing that out all the time. Oh, this is in, this is in. I don't, because I've said before, no, I take Trent off free kicks. I, you know, Trent's yeah. like Trent's free kicks are nowhere near as good as they should be. But I just fancied that one tonight. I just thought he was going to score, but it wasn't a free kick. <laughs> it was like he got the ball but it was a weird looking tackle it was an ugly looking challenge but he did get the ball it just looked cumbersome and I think the ref's just been fooled by that because it just looked like an ugly tackle but when you see it again he, he clearly got the ball Like so yeah it wasn't even a free kick
0: Johnny Evans gave it the full I had my football education at Alex Ferguson's Man United in the referee's <laughs> face well,
2: there it was calmer for that one, the fucking two-footer that he put in on Shelby on the edge of the box. Oh, yeah. And they both, yeah. Were, they both went in the same way. And Shelby just got up, and he was Evans was rolling around on the floor, and Shelby gets a red card. Now, it was actually worth getting the red card just because of what happened afterwards when, when Shelby called Ferguson a cunt. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it was worth the red yeah. card just because that happened, and it was so funny. <laughs> and it, like I wouldn't even remember that incident now other than what happened afterwards. You know, Shelby walking down the tunnel and pointing at Ferguson going, fuck off, you cunt. (laughs) That was just so good. That was great. But yeah, so payback's a bitch, Johnny Evans. It's been a long time coming, but yeah, there you go.
0: You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms. Whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean, just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. He's one of those players, and there's a lot of them, and there's also like managers who, who have had a entire career based on the fact that Ferguson thought he was decent. Yeah. Like there's loads of players <laughs> like that who have like they're there just is. shit, but they have these long and enduring careers. Just because they came through at United and Ferguson gave them some game time. Like, John O'Shea is yeah. another one. Phil Neville is another one.
2: Yeah. There is, and then you look them.
0: at all the managers as well. Like, you know, fucking Ince
2: and Robson and Hughes. Michael And Carrick, Phil Neville
0: again. Yep.
2: Mark Robbins, Steve Bruce. Yep. Yeah, there's loads of them. There <laughs> is. They all owe anyway. Ferguson for the careers that they've had in the game. yeah.
0: I do think it was a foul because I don't think you get to lunge in like he did and just have the ball clip the underside of your leg, and it's not a free kick because there was, you know, it was a dangerous tackle. So I think it yeah. was a free kick, and, and duly enough, transplanted it into the top corner. But like as they say, Jules, and and yeah. you know this is this is guarded as well because I've criticised him enough. We've all, we none of us are really blameless in turn, perhaps Paul. Blameless in terms of the criticism that's been levelled at Trent this year, but in terms of the wider game, and as to say something to you know that you'd hear in the NBA, let the apology be as loud as the disrespect.
1: <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah, um, uh, it's, it's it is genuinely fascinating where, where Trent will be next season, um, because he's making a case that you can't really put him back to where he was, um but then you have to really do have to go and find that backup right back um but as i said at the start though he's just playing like he's playing like a, the best player in on a schoolyard just like running around the place just doing yeah. shit just doing this like pinging it about just playing with like effortless freedom at the moment it's it's it's, it's quite a, it's quite a thing to watch he's taking over the um the tiago role of socks roll down playing like he's playing five a side Except he doesn't get injured and actually, you know, sets up goals. But yeah. you know, apart from that, <laughs> apart from that, he's. Uh, it, it's. Uh, it, I, I, don't. I don't see him going back to right back next year. I think we have to accommodate it. I mm-hmm. think, I don't know what you think, but I don't think it can. I don't. I just don't think it's possible now. I think we've seen too much of this to to, to ever put it back in the box.
0: I think, and also I think we've seen enough of the right back stuff to know that that perhaps isn't fixable. Mm. in a in a sustainable way and having seen 6 weeks or 7 weeks of this i mean we've won every game apart from the was it the arsenal game he started in right like that's yeah. the first time they did it yeah like we're undefeated in all those games should have beaten arsenal and we've won the other seven so like <laughs> it's certainly having its effect on the results compared to what came before um what do you think dave you think will we'll, it'll be sort of like a mixed approach or do you think this is where he's going to play now
2: no i think this I think we'll stick with what we're doing. And I also think you can't really now say to Trent, okay, um we're just going to go back and you're going to play right back because I don't feel like Trent was motivated to play there anyway. I think he'd had enough yeah. of it. He wasn't enjoying it. You could see like, you know, it was he, there was so much pressure on his shoulders every little thing he was doing was getting over analyzed. Some of his defending was was really bad. And a lot of it, he was getting shit for stuff that you know he's done nothing wrong, and he's just getting picked at all the time. And th- other defenders would do the same thing. And like the classic example was Kieran Trippier on Darwin's goal. Nothing got said mm. about Caden Trippier. Now, if that's Trent doing that, it's getting like constantly like shown and talked about. And I just don't think he's enjoying it anymore. I think like this is giving him a, a new lease of life. He's enjoying his football. And when he is having to to go over to right back and do some defending, he's actually been pretty fucking good. You know, I mean, that one, like, tonight when they had, like, a a quick break and Trent covered it and, and got back in ahead of Vardy and just cut out the danger. You know, I think this has given him a completely new lease of life to the point where he'll probably enjoy the bits of defending that he's doing as well, but he's not constantly having to think about it all the time. Oh, I'm playing right back, I'm up against this winger, and... He's not having to deal with any of that, but he's still doing bits and pieces there when needed. But he's just enjoying himself, and they they keep flashing up those graphics whenever we play now, like, since he made that tactical switch and where he ranks in, like, the Premier League. And I don't know what the categories are, but they bring it up and there's, like, six or seven categories, and it's, like, first, 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 first. Mm -hmm. He's just been, like, the best in the league in all of these things since he moved there. So I think... You keep doing what we're doing, and if there's games where you have to mix it up tactically, and we maybe have to play with like a right back, Trent should be in midfield. You know, there's three midfield spots yeah. there. We know that he could fill them easily. He could play in any of those positions really. I think. Um, so we we probably should be looking at getting a right back, unless the plan is, and I'm not saying that this should be the plan or it is the plan, but if you're only wanting to play a right back. In games where you're needing to be a little bit more solid, and, and you just want like a back four rather than the way we're playing at the moment, if you see Joe Gomez as just giving you that steady option against a good winger, because he is good yeah. at that, you know Joe Gomez is good at shutting down like a dangerous attacker on that side. Yeah, I have confidence in him doing that. What well, he's I not going to give you is the, the trend stuff.
0: All you gotta worry about with him is his lapses. Like it's not that it's not his defending that's a problem. Like he's which, a, which he's mostly come at centre back
2: though. You know, that most of his mistakes yeah. have been centre back. At right back, he's been solid when he's played there. So I'd have no qualms about that. But it I suppose it depends how many games a season you're thinking I'm gonna need a right back because Trent's either gonna be rested or he's gonna be playing midfield. And do they have confidence in like either of the the two young kids to come in and do a job? Between them yeah. and Joe Gomez, maybe whether you think yet yeah, we've got enough, or if they need to go out and buy somebody, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they might not buy someone. I think they might just stick with what they've got and let Gomez and then one of the kids, whether it's uh, Ramsey or Bradley, one of yeah. those two, let them fight it out. Just f- because hopefully you're only looking at maybe like fifteen starts a season, as long as Trent stays fit. Because the other problem you've got is well. Just just sign what if, what if like we're playing this system and then Trent's not available? We have to change the system because you're not going to stick Joe Gomez in there, are you? Like, as a hybrid midfield player, there's nobody else who can really do it. So, yeah, that's the decision they've got to make is to decide somebody else who can do that, or is it like we'll only play that way when Trent's available?
0: Touch wood, though, he's like, I can't remember a lengthy injury absence from him like mm-hmm. at all really no. i think he did he had a little hamstring injury earlier in the season which we all speculated might have been taking him out of the firing line anyway for a couple of weeks yeah he missed, he missed one soon, game didn't he and he might yeah, have missed backs from that
2: was it an international break as well he may be missed mm-hmm. yeah
0: but yeah so um we'll see i mean why not why not build the team around him now? <laughs> why not you know it's it's not out of it's not out of the realms of like sanity to say you're our main man mm-hmm. we're gonna do whatever we need to do to accommodate you. And you mentioned all those stats where he's coming through at number one. Then, you know, why wouldn't you want to continue doing that? It's working. So
2: he's been phenomenal. It really yeah. has. Since he's made that switch, he's been absolutely phenomenal.
0: Good stuff, man. I mean, all those. I mean, I think Kopp had that interview before. I don't know if you saw it, but they showed it on NBC Jules, before the game. Carragher was talking to to Jurgen, and he was Jurgen was really talking about what we've all wanted really that he's been able he's able to try a few things ahead of when he normally would in pre-season in terms of tweaking the system and how we want to play and everything so yeah it feels like we might have a, a real head start going into next season now and you've said consistently including tonight in that this is what you wanted the end of the season to look like for us like trying stuff figuring out what works dispensing of what doesn't and giving us a good platform to go into next year
1: yeah, I saw that interview before the game and, I mean, Jürgen's more or less saying, like, it's been so bad that we've had no choice but to, mm. <laughs> to start putting in plans for next season now. Because it, there was nothing, it, you know, what we were doing was not working. It worked for, for you know four or five years, but it stopped working. And so, whatever, you know, he seemed to intimate that these plans were in the pipeline for the summer and they've just accelerated them. And um, and, you know, you have to take him at face value and think that's true, although we'll never really know the truth. Um, and, yeah, you know, the, the Trent move and getting Jota back, you know, someone who could press from the front, because we were all wondering, weren't we, Jota came back in and we're like, he's dead rusty or he doesn't look like he's ever going to score again. Um, but it wasn't about that, clearly. It was about just, like, putting back the team, putting putting parts of the team back together, that would function and then tweaking the parts that you know that you just were going to throw away anyway yeah. um, you know and that's that you know Jota comes back in, you know say what you want about his goal scoring and, and you know he's back on form with that but he knows how to press from the front he knows when to and how to which is the reason why Nunez doesn't play because he doesn't know how to do that um and yeah, this is all... All Once once we lost at Bournemouth, this is all the season was. If we managed to sneak forth at the end of it, then that's a massive bonus. But it's not what I consider to be the be-all and end-all now. It's about next season. Um, and I the only, the only thing that makes me a little bit concerned is I don't know what's going on behind the scenes with recruitment. Um, it doesn't seem to be like there's any coherence there at the moment, mm. again, from the outside looking in. And I can't say that I have the faith... That I've had for the last three or four years. The last three or four years, I really haven't been that bothered by transfers because I've just been sort of like, doesn't matter if they think if that's what they want, then that's that's who they'll get, and I you know it'll fit. They'll fit in the team, and by and large, everyone has like some have been failures in terms of their availability. um, cater, on a lesser extent, um, you know, Thiago, <clears throat> and then others have just been at the moment you know uh, where mysteries like nunez you think like, i don't understand why you've bought him now it doesn't seem to fit so Carvalho. i'm a little bit yeah yeah cavallio as well a little cameo from him tonight and you, you forget he's here when he started i mean there was always a red flag about this season when we started the season and Cavali was starting games <laughs> that was yeah. always like mm, that that doesn't seem right to me that doesn't seem like that was a plan to sign him and stick him in immediately um, so that, that's the only thing I have concerns. I'm not sure about the recruitment anymore. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to be proved wrong in the summer and we buy everyone and they slot in uh, like the final, the, the much vaunted final pieces of the jigsaw or what have you. But uh, in terms, I, I don't think I ever. I don't. I'm always. I always assume Klopp can get a tune or can can mould um, a team from the players he's got. He did it when he first came here. Like the he, the first season, he he took over. We had that draw with Spurs away, and we looked like high energy. And you thought, oh, all right, yeah, this is a bit different. But and I think we went away to City, Pellegrini City. Was it Pellegrini? Yeah, I think it was. And we absolutely battered them. Coutinho and Firmino were just like outrageously good. And I can remember saying to somebody in work, like, we're going to be good. <laughs> we're going to be really good now. <laughs> I can just see that this. This we're good. <laughs> this is going to be good. So I've always got, like, that faith that Jürgen, even if we don't get the transfers right, can mold them into something. But unfortunately, we live in a world where we have to be, or whoever's challenging for trophies in England, has to be throwing, like, 180s, seven-dart finishes all the time because if you you know like if you go whatever you know you, you whatever seven dot, seven dot do seven finish nine <laughs> dots <out>. you know
2: <laughs> i'm sorry
1: i tell you what i was thinking of 147 break i was confused Confused. <laughs> you're looking like is either doing like nine dot finishes or 147 breaks all the time there's no other way you, you've got to be hitting them all the time perfect otherwise you aren't going to win anything and that's, that's the problem. You've got to get the transfers right to the degree that Jürgen doesn't have to go, right, this isn't ideal, but I can mould this and I can make something of it. You need it to be, this is exactly what I want. In it goes, we're, we're off. Yeah. Um, but Jules,
0: you make a really good point there as well. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, okay. like you, you, you say that you, you, you fancy Jürgen to get the tune out of these players, but you, and also you have to get them right, but... Who's to say that some of those players that we've signed, the ones who were sort of unqualified successes, like say a Wijnaldum, for instance, gave us five years of, of incredible service. And I don't think anybody would look at Genie Wijnaldum and say like, yeah, that wasn't a frigging fantastic piece of business from our point of view. Like, do we have to be, do we have to be that perfect? Then in that instance, or are, is the success of these signings, the fact that the recruitment department did such a great job or Jürgen did such a great job of moulding these players? Because if you look at everybody who's left, none of them have done well at all since they left Liverpool. So it's an interesting thing to look at in terms of, you know, should we be desperately worried about the recruitment side of things if we've, if we've got that ability to, you know, this, this genius of a manager who can just make it work?
1: Only in as much as I think we've had more misfires in the last few, couple, three years than we had in the three years before that. There weren't any misfires in the early years. The Weinaldums, the Mane's, the the Salas. Like, cause when we were trying to sign Salah, how many people thought oh, we just gone back through the book and had a look to see who we like turned us down last time? It didn't, you know. It, 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 it was a bit it wasn't a bit of an odd one he was doing well at Roma but we tried to sign it years ago it just seemed a bit like revisiting rather than looking anywhere else but obviously that was the play we wanted but if you look at like the, the business of the last few years who's been a, and who's been the biggest success Kanate I think I've had this debate before it's Canate, I think and, and he's only and he's had got injury problems Tiago's always injured Caters been, um, there's no other way to say it, but he's been a failure for what he cost and what he's given to the team you know, um, Carvalho we're not sure where he fits in, probably unfair to, to put him in it, he's young Nunez cost 70 million, we, we've just had a debate about how shitty he is uh, Oh! you know <laughs> we, there, there have been more what I would term misfires in the last few years than there have been at the start and so, what's that? Because we we heard many stories like that, you know, Klopp wanted uh, Brandt or he wanted Goetze, and these players were like, whoa, we're not sure. And then, like, you know, Michael Edwards would go, pass a piece of paper across the table to you and go, what about this one? And Jurgen's like, oh, I'm not sure. And he's like, well, we can't get Brandt, so what about this one? And it turns out, so it's probably both, right? It's probably good quality analytics and scouting. Yeah. And then it's Jürgen's tactical nous. And there are so many people leaving behind the scenes that you think, okay, so is the quality of analytics and scouting going to match up to Jürgen's quality of, of coaching? That's mm-hmm. the question. Um, because if it does, then yeah, we're <laughs> going to be throwing the much vaunted seven dot finishes. <laughs> 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 or, you know... It's going to be uh, it's going to be more of the same, which is this isn't ideal, but we'll do the best we can. But it's probably not gonna, you know, we're probably not gonna win. I don't think we'll, you know, win the league. Um, we're probably not going to be looking at that anytime soon. It's
0: Nobody just so is, difficult. Are they really? Let's be real.
1: No, no. I mean, if you you know, if you're up against cheats, you, you're always going to have a problem, aren't you? But um, it, it, so it's just who's recruit, who's doing the analytics, who's doing the recruitment. I have no I have plenty of faith that Jurgen get a tune out of some of these players, including Nunez, but it's like Nunez cost seventy million, for seventy million I'd want him to be starting and scoring as many goals as Salah and he's not. So that is a that's more of a failure of the analytics and the scouting more than Jurgen. Or is it the other way around? I don't know.
2: If he was scoring that many goals he'd have cost a lot more than seventy million. Well most Salah cost half that. Yeah. How much does Salah cost? When, he, when we signed him, he wasn't scoring that many goals. Well, neither was Nunez. No, but he comes in. So it was like in, five years ago as well. Yeah, he comes, Mo comes in and he's been absolutely phenomenal. So would you say then? If, so if, what we in paid him terms, is a bargain.
1: So in terms of inflation then, would you say that Mo Salah, if you were signing him from Roma now, would cost what Nunez cost? He wouldn't be far off eh? Right, but then Mo Salah was scoring 30, 40 goals and Nunez isn't. Yeah, but this is his first season. Mo Salah's first season? I know, well, Mo-,
2: Mo Salah's first season is a complete outlier. He's never scored that wow. many goals since. How many has he got this season? Nowhere near as many as he got in his first season. Is its is it, is it 30? He's got 30 and he got 44 yeah. in his first season. So Shit y- twat. You can't. You can't use his first season as any kind of barometer. <laughs> now, the, well, I can, mean, because, no, because the, obviously it's relevant. Well, if you're going to compare every, everybody we signed with Mo Salah, they're all going to fall short. Because Mo's first season, like, there's only Haaland. Haaland's the only one who's beaten that. So you're back to being outside the chippy, just talking bollocks again. (laughs) We're just in in this this situation. We may as well be stood outside the chippy right now. Because that's how it feels.
0: Hey, Dave, do you want to talk about Brighton?
2: Oh, fucking Brighton. (laughs) You know, John put in the chat before. If if Brighton gets something against against Newcastle on Thursday, you know he he might forgive them somewhat for the Everton game. I'm like, they could beat Newcastle fucking ten 0 It doesn't make any difference. And and in fact, even if somehow Everton actually went down, it still doesn't let Brighton off the hook. You know, I'm still carrying that beef with me for a long time. It's completely inexcusable what happened. Like, they, they were smelling themselves, that's what it is. They won 6 nil then they beat United with a stoppage time penalty, and they've just gone in fucking strolling in, dick swinging, smelling themselves, thinking, ah, these are shite. Bottom three, we'll roll all over these. And then they get fucking spanked everywhere. And then what do they do the week after? They go and beat Arsenal, which I knew they would. I called that <laughs> in the round-up. I called it, I said, they'll go and beat Arsenal. I said, watch them go and beat Arsenal, and they fucking did. Absolute fucking twats, they are Brighton, and I don't want any of their players. You can keep McAllister, you can keep Kaisi, I don't want any of them. That stink will never come off them. I don't want to be having to look at these players and look at them and going, Yeah, you're the reason Everton are still up. Fucking dickheads. So, no, I'm all out on Brighton completely. All right, nice.
0: (laughs) What else can we wind him up with, George? (laughs)
1: anyway Nunez yeah
2: back to Nunez yeah (laughs) no but what i was saying about that actually (laughs) when you're talking about the price tag well what your expectations are someone who's going to score as many as Salah what I'm saying is strikers like that are going to cost you a lot more than what he cost that's just the way it is. I mean, look at the, the price tag for Harry Kane. I know, like, Harland was, was his transfer fee was quite low, but the overall cost of that deal is, like, astronomical. Just because mm. it's not going through Man City's books doesn't mean he's not costing a lot of money. So, if you're wanting that, well, it's going to cost more than what we actually paid for him. Now, I'm not saying he shouldn't have scored more goals than he has. He's got 15, but he, he, should, he should have 20, really, you know, minimum. He should have more. He's missed chances. You said before about... And being at like he's at the party and you know he's not he can't speak to anyone because he doesn't know the language. He's basically at the party just trying to chat up every single bird in the place, and his strike rate's not great at all. He struck out loads of times, but he still managed to pull a few as well during that yeah. time. And I think so next this year. why you have
0: such an affinity for him. No,
2: next year <laughs> one, one, once he's learnt the language a little bit more and he, he's worked on his chat up lines and that, I think next year you'll see him scoring a lot more often.
1: Yeah. At the part we done like about Manuel to 40 okay.
2: Towers. <laughs> the amount of shit Darwin's taking tonight—absolutely <laughs> disgraceful! It is.
0: Poor Dave, have had toothache all day,
2: and I'm still got toothache now. Now I've got fucking earache as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man! Let's talk about Come something in. positive. Let's talk about Leicester going down.
0: Those okay, fans. There you go. Yeah, I mean, more. there are more reports of like tragedy chanting from them against than like yeah, James was. Pierce pointed out. So, you know, good riddance to them. I've had, I've said my, had my say about them plenty of yeah. times before. Good riddance to them, really.
2: All I'll say about it is, you know, they've had a good run, to be fair. Those fans are going to get relegated, and they're going down. They've got some great memories. They've got the title. Mm-hmm. They won the FA Cup a couple of years ago. Obviously, this is the coronation. You know, so they've got plenty of things right. that they can still they can watch the DVDs and they can still get excited about all that. They can sit there singing the national anthem when they play Millwall next year. You know, they can mm-hmm. both be belting out the national anthem. So yeah, it's it's all good for them. Yeah. They've had a good run and now it's over.
0: Yeah. And they also um, threw in that little that proper banter merchant chant, the, the banter merchant chant de jour of, we've got the ball, we've lost the ball, which is like. Mm. One of the shittiest things I've ever heard at a football stadium. But
2: um, That is grim. The
0: less said about that, the better. Yeah. But I think Tottenham fans were doing it last week as well, weren't they? When really? they were like 3-0 down. Yeah, I think I heard it on the coverage. You, you guys would know better because you're actually in the stadium. But
1: F- Football fans, as a general rule, um, aren't that, as a, as a collective, aren't that like innovative. Like, it's one of the reasons I think like Liverpool fans get a lot of like... Uh, stick about like being up our own asses about our chance and our way we, the, the fans are you know at Anfield is, is because we don't sort of ever do those sorts of chants we sort yeah. of turn our noses up at them now I, I use the phrase turn our noses up at them like we, we're we too good for them and we're not too good for them but at the same time we are too good for them because they, they are so shit like you got you, all, Liverpool itself uh, Anfield more than you know. I don't go to Everton games, so I don't know. But Liverpool's got a very distinctive matchday culture, like the clothes, the sort of the casual wear, all that kind of stuff. Yet, anywhere else, it's just like knobheads in very tight jeans wearing Stone Island knockoff Stone Island jumpers mm-hmm. or jackets with the fucking goggles in it, with the cans of Madry. Uh, thinking they're dead sophisticated. I've got bad news. Madrid's made in in Burton next is by Carlin in the Carlin factory. It's not fucking Spanish. It was made up about three years ago because they wanted a premium lager, and they didn't want to keep using Starperman. Like there's, it's not, it's not the win you think it is. Um, <laughs> it's not. You're not the sophisticated. You know. There is a Spanish lager widely available yeah. in the UK that you can buy that is actually Spanish and it isn't salvation. You're basically paying a pound it,
0: a point more for Posh Carlin.
1: You are. You're exactly what you are. They they've got Molson Coors have three pricing levels for their for their lagers. And it's Coors, then it, it's car it's Carlin Coors, and then it's uh Madri. It's the there's no there's no magic form there, it, but they're they're there with their identical sleeve tattoos and their Stone Island, their Can of Madrid, singing the same ooh, banter songs each week, and it doesn't matter where they are. There are other fans that have like, you know, that are quite distinctive. I think we'd all say Palace are quite distinctive.
2: Yeah.
1: Um mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of Premier League teams. I don't think Arsenal are like that to be honest. they were no, no, they were bad. they were wearing Stone Island gear when they were at Anfield. I did see a lot of them in Stone Island gear. Tottenham are not um, that bad either to be fair, in the no. grand scheme of things. But uh, like Stone Island is the <laughs> Shaney's fed up with me telling her this because every time I see it, I say the same thing. It's the biggest cunt brand. Go If you wear Stone Island, you are saying to everybody, look at me, I want you to know I am a cunt. Just apologise
2: to I'm, any of the listeners who maybe wear Stone Island.
1: <laughs> I'm not apologising to Jules's views are his own.
2: Not the official views of the podcast. Jules's <laughs> own views. No,
1: yeah. no. I, you, you, if you're wearing Stone Island, you're listening to this podcast. Go and support <laughs> Leicester. <laughs> disgrace. An absolute disgrace. Yeah. Gosh,
0: I mean, it's it's not surprising that Leicester don't really have the greatest songbook if you consider the most notable artists to come from the place, are Kasabian, which is one of the worst things that ever happened to British music, Shawaddy Waddy, Corner Shop, and Mark Morrison.
1: Ugh.
2: I don't
0: like yeah. Mark Morrison. Um, Corner Waddy Shop have only
1: think. got Fat Boy Slim to thank for their success.
0: <laughs> hmm
2: And that song the, was shaken until he remixed it. Willie Thorne, yeah, well, Snooper Loopy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Chaz and Dave. Yeah, but Willie Thorne's on, it. He's oh, okay. got a, he sings a line on there. I've got to spawn out the the uh once get a six
1: start finish. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. Oh well well they are it does look like they are gone. For yeah, real. Um, and it does look like Leeds are gonna be the ones to join them. I think Forrest to be alright. I think Everton will be alright. Um but we can still I guess we can still hope, right? Well there's where there's Big Sam, there's well, I'm not kidding
2: myself. I, I got, I got, um, I got me hopes up at the weekend when Leeds were winning, and mm-hmm. Forest were then winning their game as well. Yeah, they both ended up with draws, which wasn't too bad. But yeah, I, I was thinking, well, you know, if they both win today, and and then like they didn't win, and it, it'd it's be your the same. oh uh, well. yeah, but he's still my boy. I'm not going to abandon him. Just it was a tough mm-hmm. scene for him. Like,
1: well, if you want to abandon Nunez, you're not abandoning Bamford, are you?
2: No, well, listen. Nunez doesn't even like Bon Jovi. Well, I don't think he does. Bamford does, so I'm always going to have Bamford's back.
1: Mm-hmm. If, uh, if 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 Nunez slacked off Bon Jovi, would that would that put you off him? Yeah, he'd be gone yeah, for. I'd hate him even
2: more than you do <laughs> if that was the case. <laughs> All right. I used to hate Bamford. I really did, and it was totally unfair as well. I had two reasons for hating him. One, he just looked like a bad Tory. And two, it was footy manager. I kept trying to sign him and he wouldn't sign for me. This is like when he was like a wonder kid on the game. He was at Chelsea mm-hmm. and I kept trying to get him to sign for me when I was at Portsmouth. I was doing a good job managing Portsmouth and I'm trying to get him on loan. Wouldn't come, wouldn't come. And then he'd sign for someone below me in the league and I was fucking fuming and it happened like three seasons in a row. So I always had this irrational hate of Patrick Bamford and then I found out he liked Bon Jovi and he plays it before games and he got all excited he was on talk Sport once john bon jovi was in the studio and i think they got patrick bamford on and he was like just buzzing off it and i'm like you know what that's my boy i've got patrick bamford's back i won't have a word said against him anymore and i was totally wrong about him to begin with and i'm never wrong on stuff like that i normally spot knobheads a mile off it's a rare gift that i've got i can spot them before anybody else spots them and I thought I had it with Bamford. What about Chippy Nobheads? Oh, Chippy Nobheads, yeah. Oh, yeah, i spot them a mile off. <laughs> never wrong, I'm never wrong about Chippy Nobheads. I've got a 100% strike rate on them. <laughs> two for two. Yeah, the Arsenal fans, and Jules. <laughs> 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 oh, man.
0: What's What's our next game now, then? <laughs> Bloody hell, yeah.
2: Villa or Saturday, Saturday right? day. Yeah, Villa. Is that know, the no, one has... are, are Our arch enemy.
0: Yeah. Some more axes to grind for you two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They threw you out to the ground!
2: I know.
0: Yeah, they did, yeah. Wouldn't it help you even if I could? <laughs> <laughs> ah, <you're worth. laughs> That was your fault though, Jules. It
1: was. It was my fault, yeah. yeah. Dodgy tickets.
0: Dodgy, yeah. We got dodgy tickets for... I think it was, it was Kenny's last game, wasn't it? And we lost... Uh, yeah, it was. Stuart Downing them.
1: scored Stuart the win last Your boy,
2: yeah. Jules
0: yeah Yeah, my boy yeah Yeah. basically if we haven't told the story on the podcast before me and jules and a couple of my mates went to villa away on the last game of the season and completely not our own fault like we had every faith that these tickets were legitimate um but of course five minutes before these lads arrive and then the stewards come and escort us out because they're not legitimate tickets and we go into the villa club shop just to it's club shop slash ticket office. It was kind of like a little yeah. reception area, wasn't it? And um, Yeah. I go, I just go and like plead my case a little bit and say, Look, lads, like this has happened. You know, is there anything is there anything going spare that we could we could just get in and see the game? And obviously more out of just forlorn hope than anything. And this little Weasley brummy lad, he must have been about five foot six, like shitty little spiky haircut. And he just all he said to me, Well lads, even if I could help you I wouldn't. And was it I Lee Hendry? That grudge for <laughs> it's awesome. you've just
2: described Lee Hendry.
0: <laughs> no, it wasn't him. It might have been his younger brother or something. But I held that grudge for years and years and years and years and years, and um, I finally let it go. I think I'm not like I'm not quite as bad as you, Dave, for holding on to holding on to grudges, but um, or you, Jules, for that matter. But yeah, I still don't want to see anything nice happen to Aston Villa or Aston Villa fans ever again. So mm-hmm. let's hope we. You know, end their revival in some in some good fashion on Saturday. And it's is it our last home game of the season on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice and. Hopefully, can I, can I just we'll say on Villa? Spotify.
1: Yeah. On Villa, everyone was going on about like, oh, look at Aston Villa, they might make a push for top four. I was never buying that. I was never buying that. You know what it was? No one was paying attention. No one was giving a shit. And as soon as the spotlight went on Villa, and everyone went, oh, do you know what? might make a push for top four they immediately fell over they fell off like Mrs Doyle off the windowsill just immediately (laughs) shit twat pressure's on never count on Aston Villa fucking nobeds.
0: Dave you got anything to add to that no he's spot on
1: Villa had that mad run and they
2: came from nowhere but when you look at the fixtures they had like it was a really good run of fixtures that they had and you know take nothing away from them you've still got to win the games and they did but that was that was an outlier. That was never gonna last. Um, the it's not reflecting well on Stevie though. When <laughs> <Like, laughs> um, Emily comes in I like they're in like the bottom three or something, they're awful, and then the same group of players, and he just gets them playing like totally different. He gets Watkins scoring, um, he's done a good job there. It's not gonna be an easy game because we're not flying, you know, we're doing well, we're we getting results, we we actually just look a lot more I don't know what the words I'm looking for just like solid and not flaky coherent yeah because we we were so flaky weren't we and like weak Mm -hmm. we're not like that at the moment we we look like we're not quite flying we're not firing on all cylinders but there's something there now there's a base there you can see there's an identity again and um, you know we've been good at Anfield I think it'd be party atmosphere Mostly be like Bobby songs, I'd imagine. I mean, like tonight, mm. it went on for about twenty minutes, didn't it? And yeah. then, and then a full time as well. It's brilliant. Uh it was how heartwarming was that though when the camera went to him on the bench, and he sat there yeah. with Darwin, and he's just got his like big smile on his face and that. And do you reckon he
1: was explaining to Darwin
2: what the words were? Well, who's going to explain <laughs> to him? Because his English is not much better than Darwin's, and he's been here like eight years or whatever, so. <laughs> Yeah, maybe uh, Adrian's there interpreting for them or something, or Tiago. (laughs) Tiago's like sat behind them, telling them the words to the song. Yeah, this is for you, Bobby. (laughs) But yeah, looking forward to that. It'll be emotional. It'll be a sad saying bye to to Bobby and Milner. Um, Yeah, I'm not asked about Kater and and Ox. Good luck to them and that, but not going to be Bet you Kater won't
1: even show up, the bum. Yeah.
2: It's. Uh, do you know what? Do you reckon like the the, the press lads are just taking the piss now? Because they always ask him at the press conference. They always say, eh, "Any news on Naby Kate for the weekend?" And, <laughs> and, and like, and then like James Biers will just tweeted out, that still unavailable or something." I'm like, this is definitely them doing a bit now, isn't it? It's not like, because yeah, who, who genuinely would care if he was available or not? I, I don't think right. like the journalists who are asking the question I, are genuinely asked he's... if he's available.
1: I reckon he's ruled in, I don't even think he's in, injured I think he's just ruled himself yeah. out because he I'll wants definitely. to get a team Yeah, because
2: mm-hmm. Kun Klopp got asked last week he just went no So the yeah. cater available for the weekend he just went no and just shook his head and you think yeah. yeah it's it's clearly a case of he knows he's going what's the point in him coming back and, and playing maybe getting injured again I think it's just being agreed Yeah, he's yeah. not playing mm-hmm. but it's obviously yeah. different with Bobby and, and yeah. Milner as well so hopefully we'll We'll get to uh, give them a proper send off after a win. Cause imagine, yeah. like, if we fucking lose Bobby's last game, it doesn't even bear thinking about. Get the points. Even worse than
0: when we lost uh, Stevie's last yeah. game against Watford <laughs> Palace.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you remember
0: the one against Southampton that was even worse? It was against Stoke, wasn't Stoke, it? Yeah, it was Stoke, yeah.
1: Six, yeah, yeah. And we were like yeah.
0: five nil down, and they and they just let him run through and score like. It was so embarrassing.
2: It's just the least fitting send off ever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That was that season under Rogers, though, I guess, wasn't it? That was even more of a nightmare than this season. It's amazing that um, he didn't
2: get sacked after that.
1: It is yeah. now, is but back back there, yeah. But then,
2: somebody, like, there's a theory a few people have mentioned is that because Klopp had left Dortmund and he wanted That's a my break. Theory. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think there's probably something in that. They've said, you know what? Let's just keep Rodgers for now. We know he's going, but there's no point to pointing somebody else. Let's just wait until Klopp's ready and then we'll do it.
1: That makes it even worse that we let him throw his best mate under the bus. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that, that says a lot about him, really, that he did that. That was... Yeah. I remember thinking at the time, no, that's just not on. That's a, that's a shitty thing to do. Like, yeah.
1: Has
2: Pasco ever worked again? That? Colin Pasco? Remember oh, to save gosh, himself. Yeah. They were like, well, look, this yeah. can't carry on. We need to make changes. So, like, they brought... Who was it they brought in?
1: Sean O'Driscoll and Gary McAllister. Yeah,
2: yeah. So they get brought in, and and poor Colin Pascoe on his shorts get, like, get sent away. And I don't know if he's ever worked again, to be honest.
0: I think the reason why I've always bought into that theory that Klopp was done and dusted there, as well as Rodgers surviving that season, was Bobby Firmino was a a Klopp signing. I'm convinced about that. Like, he, he... you know, he was a clock signing, nothing will convince me otherwise. Mm. Um, but yeah, amen to all of that stuff that you, that you said about giving them a good send off at the weekend, ending what's been a, a not that fun campaign, way below our expectations on a high. Um, but think, speaking of a team that haven't ended the season um, within what they expected maybe a couple of months ago, I just wanted to get both of yours take on Arsenal and where you stand with it in terms of your levels of sympathy for them. Um, is there sort of like some sort of kinship now because they've gone through what we've gone through, or? Jules, uh, where you
1: are? Um, no, I'm going really to sim. I've got sympathy in so much that we've been there, but I don't really have sympathy for them or their fans because you know, no one had any for us so it's not really it's not really my problem it's their problem um, they, they found that it's difficult being when you ground under the relentless Manchester City cheat machine um, there's a lot of like debate now about is it a bottle job or is it not a bottle job I, my thoughts on that are it's not really a bottle job but it also kind of is like I, I don't think there was any shame in drawing an Anfield I don't even think there was that big of a problem um, at West Ham, but you can't lose three dollar at home to Brighton. You can't lose. Um, you can't draw with Southampton. Uh, Southampton, and you can't go to your title rivals and just be ripped apart like they were. There were too many. So that maybe it's like not. A, 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 I, again, I wouldn't call them bottlers because unless you're another team doing the same thing, you can fuck off with like saying anything. You don't have get to have an opinion. Right. But the only thing I will I will say is. You can't be dropping that many t- that many points towards the, end of the the business end of the season. You have to get it right, um, and they, they just didn't they just dropping too many points. So, you know, good on them for giving City a, a run of it. But you know, I, as David pointed out earlier in the season, they had no injuries and they were winning games. And as soon as the injuries started to come in, the wheels started to wobble and then eventually they fell off. So I don't I don't know. I mean it'll be interesting if they get rice in the summer, um, and then they can improve again, but you know, everyone else is gonna start improving. Um, you know, Chelsea will have Pochettino, though again I saw them link with that player from Napoli today and I thought you shouldn't be signing any players. Mm-hmm. You should be barred. Right. You're like a fat kid who's had too many sweets. You don't get any more sweets until you sort out what you the mess you've made. You don't get anything until then. So um, yeah, <clears throat> unfortunate for them i don't i don't sympathize that much but uh you know we've been there so yeah i wouldn't say so much
2: I've, I've probably got more sympathy for them than you have but i'm not sitting here feeling sorry for them uh the only thing i'd say is it, it's pissing me off when like like i, I know this me my old fault for listening to talk sports or whatever but or like knobheads on there, and they're taking the piss out of like the Arsenal supporters on there or your Arsenal fans in general and calling them bottlers, fucking Jason Cundy and Jamie O'Hara knobheads like that, going, Oh, you bottled it. Hang on a minute, it's not what about them all? bottling it. They were not that good, you know. They they, they they rode the crest of a wave, they had a lot of things went their way, they took advantage of it. All credit to them, you know. Well done, they, they put up a really good fight. But eventually I caught up with them because they're not like they're not like a hundred point team. You know, and it's ridiculous to expect them. Arsenal have done better than people thought they'd do. They've got nothing to be ashamed about whatsoever. And people taking the piss out of them, it doesn't sit well with me. And they've not handled it well the last few weeks. I think they've won two out the last seven. And you can't do that when you're up against City. Even when you win six out the last seven and you're up against City, that one game is always going to bite you in the arse because you you just have to win every game. We know that. We did that. Mm. I mean we did win every game and it's not enough. Yeah. City are on eleven wins on the bounce now, you know, they'll probably win every game to the end of the season. And it's not a surprise because we said it a couple of months ago. City'll just win every yeah. game and it's whether Arsenal yeah. can do it or not. And they couldn't. But there's no disgrace there. You know, it's not good the Southampton game, it's not good like with the the, the Brighton game as well. But it can happen. You know, it's it's kinda normal. You know, if you disregard Man City and you look just throughout the history of the game, teams who, who win the league will have a bad spell at some point. Arsenal's just happening to have their bad spell now at the worst possible time. But still, you know, they've got absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. They haven't bottled it. They were not, like, bottling it is if you're, like, a favourite and you just start, like, dropping all of these points. You know, they were never the favourites. City were the favourites. Yeah. Like they like bottling it, the thing is like didn't a, they in 96? Yeah, yeah. The, that,
1: the, the 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 bottling thing is kind of like one of this modern football banter mon- yeah, and shit, though. It's isn't annoying. It?
2: I mean but yeah. actually, we had that. Like, saying we bottled it. We drew with Tottenham. We won fucking every other game for about three months. Mm. We had a draw with Tottenham. It were a good side, and apparently, like, we were bottling it because we drew with Spurs. We
1: have probably originated the bottling thing in the in the last few years when Gerard fell over. Mm. That's so when people really started to get I a know. kicker. Well, I don't really <laughs> care. We we have won the league since. It's still bothered. And if we are uh, and if we'd won the league, Rodgers might like there's a whole like what if if that had yeah, happened, so it's, it's one of them I'm not that bothered anymore. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: but no, yeah. I I, me, I just don't think Arsenal should be getting the criticism that they're because 'cause they've had a good season. What's disappointing from from
0: my perspective is and it's always the dickheads in like the for you section of Twitter, which is just a massive dumps, dumpster fire. Whoever you support, whatever political allegiance you are like Thank whatever you sexuality love. you are, it's, it's it's fucking that section is just filled with like absolute trash. And there were a bunch, of, I saw a bunch of Liverpool fans on there now with like hundreds of retweets, like going at Arsenal for just going at Arsenal fans for like saying how they empath- now empathize with us, how they feel. And it's like, oh, if you've done it for fucking five years and come back with those scars and lost it by a point on both occasions, then we'll talk. But it's just for me, like, to belittle what they've done this season, to um, refer to them as bottlers, to take pleasure in that. All that does is just, like, legitimise Man City. It
2: does. Yeah.
0: All that, all, that, And then we shouldn't be doing with that. Maybe we, we shouldn't be, like, linking arms with them and Kumbaya and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But we should at least have empathy with the fact that what they've done has robbed legitimate teams of deserved success. Like, I hope that in time, like, history will view them... As the rightful champions for this season, because, yeah. like, in terms of the teams that have done it in the correct manner, they've been by far and away the best team this year. Yeah. Just as we were in 2018 19, just as we were last season as well. So that's the only element that's disappointing for me is to see our own fans engage in that fucking gobsheitery.
2: Yeah. But. Yeah. No, that's spot on. And. It is what it is. It, it's it's mm. absolutely. Like, That's what people should be focusing on. Not talking about Arsenal's failings, but saying, well, hang on a minute, you can't afford to drop any points. Why? Why is that? Because them cheating bastards there are winning every single game and they've got a fucking striker who's scoring like 50-odd goals or whatever. And it, it's it's all, like, illegal, what they're doing. It's just based on, like, on disregarding the rules that everybody else is playing by. And, you know, Arsenal, of all the teams who are playing by the rules, Arsenal finished top and anybody's like who's having a go at them, It's you letting Man City off the hook by focusing on Arsenal losing a couple of games and drawing a couple of games, you know. If you go back to like the the snooker analogy from earlier with the one having to do a 147, well, like it's like Arsenal have potted like the first seven reds and seven blacks, and then they miss a red and City just come to the table and just fucking clean up, and it's like you know. And they are going, ah, look at that! You've missed the fucking red. I said, yeah, but they just potted like seven reds, seven blacks. They were perfect, and then one miss, and that that just cost you because like they just come to the table and, and clean up. That's the standards that you you've got to you, you've got to be at to be able to win a league, mm-hmm. because City are just doing this every year. They, they once you get to like February, they just win every single game. And you've yep. got to match it, and it's unrealistic to expect anyone to match it when the the operating under like financial fair play, you know, yep. they'll sign someone for a hundred million and he'll sit on the bench for a year and and and, and not really do much, and then the next year. He's like a key player. Who can afford to do that? You know, you, we're looking at like Darwin for 60 million going, yeah. oh my God, he's not being an immediate success. Because we, it is a thing for us. We can't afford to be spending money on players who are not like an immediate success in the team all the time. When that happens for us, this question marks and we're like, oh, is this going to work out? They do it all the time. Like they spend money on players. And they might not have a great first season, but they just—they've got time to just let him do his thing in the background, work on it, and then you know, because Grealish has been fucking brilliant this year. He did nothing yeah. last year. He—he he did absolutely nothing. He was a flop for the money that they paid and the expectations. But they can afford to just write that season off. Didn't matter. And look at him now. And that it, you can do that when you're just not playing by the same financial rules as everyone else. You know, right. And I just feel sorry for Arsenal in the sense that people are giving them shit when really that's not the issue here. The issue is people should be looking at City and what they've done and what they continue to do. And yeah. and it, people talking about the charges are from like five years ago or whatever. That's only because they stopped showing people their accounts five years right. ago. No one's got a clue what they're up to now. That's also just... when they
1: started the investigation.
2: Yes, they, they, so when they were... the investigation starts and they, they've gone back. And they can't, yeah. like, go up to the present day because they're not letting anyone have access to anything. You know, all you need and to do also is look at Haaland's bank that, that enabled
0: them to... Well, the only... You know, it doesn't mean that it isn't having an effect. Look at the players that they signed that are still there during that time period that's in question, right? Yeah. Like, there's, there's still major parts of that Man City infrastructure that they've since built upon mm-hmm. that has, where they were, you know, where they, they have been charged with breaking the rules that you know, that's got to be taken into consideration as well. It's, yeah, it's a huge, it's a huge mess. And I I feel for Arsenal fans from the same perspective that I, I feel sorry for ourselves, right? Like these chances to win these leagues, this, this would have been the first in 19 years for Arsenal. We had to wait 30. They don't come around very often. Right. And there's a lot of high that's associated with it, not going the way you want it to. So like, who knows how long it's going to be now before they're in a, this close again, it might be, it took up, you know, after the the Gerard slip, it took us like five or six years to be back in the conversation again, in terms of like actually being close to winning the thing. Mm -hmm. And then another couple of years after that, before we actually did. So, you know, it it sucks. It fucking, it it fucking stinks, man. Like the, the the right teams aren't (laughs) getting what they deserve because, and you know, by extension, the fans aren't getting to, to enjoy those times as much because it's all so skewed, but I don't know. No, that's spot
2: on. Yep.
0: Alright guys, well I think we've covered quite a lot of stuff tonight. Um, wound you up a little bit more than was perhaps necessary, Dave. Mm. Um, is there anything you guys want to want to talk about before we call it a night tonight?
2: Uh, no, I, I just want to take some painkillers and go to bed, not me toothaches better tomorrow. Alright,
0: well make sure you edit this and get it live before you do. So, cause no, we, you know, I'm putting it out in the, the morning.
2: It's 25 to 1 already. I've been out since first thing this morning. I played 18 holes of golf today. I've had to drive like to Chester and back. Then I went straight to my dad's to watch the match. I've come back, I've recorded this. I'm going to bed, I'm fucked. All
0: right, fair enough. That's fair. Jules, are you, are you okay with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: all right well we hope you enjoyed that podcast more than dave did um presumably if his teeth are okay he'll be back after the villa game on uh saturday for some reflections on that um thanks to dave and jules for joining me tonight but until then we'll catch you soon
2: the best word i can say but will describe this was
1: boom (laughs) 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 what was this it was really good